Hello, hello. What up? Hello, hello. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right. Welcome to another KD Empire Pop Culture Podcast. This is your homie, Javi the Collector. And this is Queen J, Dad Nurse Gamer. What you got going on at the shop, bruh? Yeah, so we got some new stuff in. Uh, we got a shipment of anime, and we've got uh, some really cool Demon Slayer t-shirts, uh, Seven Deadly Sin t-shirts. We got some Attack on Titan uh, amazing little accessories and keychains, uh, a cool uh, Legion patch from Attack on Titan, and uh, some Naruto uh, plushies and a Kakashi plushie. Uh, this Monday, we'll be receiving another shipment of anime. So be on the lookout for that for any posts or just, you know, stop by the store and check it out. So how you doing, Kuya? Doing good, man. Dude, speaking of Seven Deadly Sins, uh, not necessarily the anime, but Gluttony in particular is one that I've struggled with my entire life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, dude, with, with the weather getting better, though, I'm grilling more, eating more fish, you know what I mean? Getting some more veggies and colors in my body. And uh, nice. dodging some of that that greasy stuff, so I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm still chunky as fuck, but you know I'm feeling good <laughs> about it. <laughs> same, same. Same. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, that's funny you brought that up. Uh, I posted a picture from 2017 uh, when I was in Japan, and uh, some some people called me out on <laughs> like, "Who's this dude?" But I totally get it. I totally get it. But yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah, I so, know. Like uh, college, we had the freshman fifteen, and you know, with coronavirus, we got the pandemic fifteen. You know, <laughs> little little fifteen pounds or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I know who who we doing better than though for sure is uh that dude Nico R I P Nico. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Oh, dude, what an amazing episode we just saw, dude. And uh, I have like I'm like lost for words how good this episode was. Like I keep saying that like every episode is just like it just gets better and better. And I love the fact that we're getting like all this action packed and all this amazing like story writing that I, we haven't seen in a while when it comes to like a like a series actually. Oh, dude, easily because each series and show, you know, and we kind of talked about this with anime too. There's yeah. always filler episodes. And I get it. There's only six episodes left, right? Or there's only six episodes and two episodes left for this series. But at the same time, you don't expect all 40 or 50 minutes of each episode to just be running, gun and go, go, go. And that's mm. kind of what they've been doing. And not necessarily just action-wise, but story and, and narration-wise. And that that's quality work that I have not seen in the, for a long time and that I can't actually remember. From another show. Dang, dude. The, the, like I said, man, these Disney, Marvel, just on different levels, different levels when it comes to this type of uh, uh, entertainment and this type of uh, uh, just every level, man. I, I like, I'm like, you know how you bring up certain people up? I want to give an applause to everybody that's worked on this show because from writing, from like just everything, the way they've like, the set looks, the way they incorporate all these like little Easter eggs for us. Uh, the director, the way he sees it, and the, his vision of how he how he interprets it on film. 
I mean, and the actors, of course, the level of the acting on this show is just, it's just everything. Everything they've done on the show is amazing. So, dude, dude sp- yeah. speaking of levels in acting, that flashback to Wakanda six years ago with, with Bucky and Ao by the campfire, and she's tossing the trigger words at him to see if it'll, you know, if the, if the deprogramming has actually worked. His acting in that scene, my goodness, not a single word did he utter. But at the same time, he said it all with his face and his crying and the pain and the angst. Talk about levels, dude. Sebastian Stan, props, bro. Big time props, man. He's been playing this character for a very long time. And for him to, like, do that and and, and just do, I, I have no, I'm, like, lost for words on how amazing it is. And now I can see, like, the level of like the cast is is amazing and just to get that glimpse of Wakanda which we've never seen that part before now we understand why he, as he's getting this kind of like therapy through the through the through the US government and him kind of being annoyed by it, it makes so much more sense cuz he's been cured from from all this stuff in some ways he's been cured not like fully cured but he's been through the therapy uh on Wakanda so we got to see why he's so like annoyed by this little like, you know, this little like, uh, you know, he's he's being watched in some ways, and he's, Obviously. and we all know that he's yeah he's back to normal in some ways, and his healing happened in Wakanda, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely love it because the the story of his, you know, the the arc of his story, really has been one about redemption about coping with his past as the Winter Soldier initially and then coming to terms with that past and now making amends with it and trying to build a future, right? And it's the Mm -hmm. complete antithesis to what's happening to John Walker, which is such a great contrast to Bucky's story. When we're talking about the redemption of of Bucky Barnes, uh, we also have to contrast it with the fall of John Walker. Wow. Love that. I love how you how you set that up, man. That, yeah, so true on that. But man, just you know what made me so excited was seeing Ao come into the show and showing how much of a badass she is. But then we're also understanding like what she has to deal with, you know, um, yeah. you know, living with living with the shame of what happened to, of course. The death of uh, of uh, of um, of Black Panthers, the Chaka, the Chaka, yeah. So yeah, man. just living in shame and all that. So I totally like you can feel it. This act, dude. Another hands down actress, dude. Like I like I, you know how I can say I can watch a whole show on Sharon Carter. I can watch a whole series of just Ao because <laughs> she is a bad dude. There are the Dora Milaje are just badasses. After watching that fight scene, was just uh-huh. epic. Dude, that fight scene, I laughed so hard because, you know, first of all, the, the entire show, we we get how full of himself John Walker is, right? Everywhere he goes, he he's always in in fucking Cap's costume, which is annoying as shit, right? Like he's right. always broadcasting that he's Captain America by the way he dresses. And then when he starts talking, he always refers to himself as Captain America in the third person sometimes, which is super annoying. 
And uh, when he walks into that room, he's like, all right, we got to go. We're taking Zemo now, blah, blah, and all that. And the door Malaji just shows up and he introduces himself like Captain America, right? Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, the demeanor was just, mm. like, <laughs> and then when he put his hand on her shoulder, I was like, mm-mm. Oh, the, the disrespect, you know, man. That's the how you lose a hand. Yeah. It's like, you know what's, you know what was amazing? Sam warned him. <laughs> but he just doesn't <laughs> listen. He just doesn't listen. Oh, my God, dude. When he was talking about, oh, you know, you don't have jurisdiction here. She's like, the Torre have jurisdiction wherever they find themselves. And when he put his hand on her shoulder, I was like, yo, that's how you go from Captain America to Captain Hook. You need a calm <laughs> down, sir. Which is funny that you brought Captain Hook because Bucky Barnes also found out, too. He found out as well. <laughs> So, even though Bucky Dude, knew, <laughs> the disrespect that'd be like somebody taking my phone and unlocking it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like she just beep boop beeped his arm and it fell off, bro. Like there was a failsafe built in there. That was yeah. nuts. That was nuts, dude. I I did not expect that to happen. I didn't even understand that part at first. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? But yeah, dude, it's like she. She's like his mama in some way because she healed him. At the same time, she will break him. <laughs> she just broke him. <laughs> I, I, honestly, when that happened, I knew it wasn't going. Like I knew she wasn't going to do this, and it didn't feel like Disney Disney style to do it. But there's always jokes about beating up somebody with their own limb. I really thought she was going to pick it up and like slap Bucky with it or something. That like I was kind of hoping for it. But I, you know, I think that's like one step too far. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man. The end of the episode was, was one step too far, too, which I'm sure we'll get into. But like, yo, I was kind of hoping that she would just slap Bucky with his own hand. <laughs> I thought that oh, would have yeah. been funny. That would have been, that would have been epic. That would have been like my version of the chancla. <laughs> <laughs> right. from, from across the room with no, like, no look. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that fight scene was like, one of the best fight scenes that we've seen so far, hands down. And the way she, you know, the way that, like the shield, she kicked the shield up just like Cap does, was amazing. Mm. Amazing, right? She and and yeah. the thing is, we actually haven't seen John Walker do that with the shield yet, right? And so to yeah. see her do that, and the only other person that's ever done that is Cap, like Steve Rogers' Cap, was just a reminder that. All vibranium comes from Wakanda. And of mm-hmm. course they would know how to handle that sort of thing. Yeah. That's I mean, that's theirs. That's just on borrowed time. That's like you know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> that's what, But that's yeah. also assuming that that shield is made a, out of vibranium. That is true like, too, because we don't know. We don't know, we don't dude. Know. Like Steve went back in time and you know had this new shield from that timeline and gave it to Sam at the end of Endgame and a part of me really wants it to be adamantium. <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> no, I think after after watching the show, that's got to be. Oh yeah, it's, it could be a mixture, but it's got to be the way that she kick flipped it and the, she kind of like it there. And she said, "Leave it." They yeah. knew. They know in some ways. Yeah. So he he they they probably like 
yeah, he Cap fixed it on uh, when, on his timeline. He fixed that shield to give it back to Sam, and he knew exactly to give it to Sam. But yeah, dude, that <laughs> that fight scene is gonna be it's gonna live in my head for a long time on how epic it was and how how awesome it was and like how the way she just like kind of put him over his knee and spanked him. Oh, it was like, goodness. yeah, and and the yeah. disrespect with which she just like. Handed the shield back nonchalantly, like here, here's your toy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep it. We don't need it. Yeah, you know, in, in some ways, she probably knows it's it's Sam's gonna be taking the shield, so she's like, leave it, because she knows it's gonna go to the. They know that he's gonna. She she just she knew that he was gonna like, of course, of what happened in the episode, but she knew what was gonna happen in some way, and it'll, it'll find it's it, it'll find a new home soon. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Which sure. Awesome. I mean, we we we've only got two episodes left, so it better find a new home quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> quick, like the next episode. <laughs> yeah, like I I can yeah. deal with with a quick power broker cameo at the end of the series, right? Where it's like a surprising reveal or whatever. I can deal with that, but to not have Sam walking around with that shield as Falcon for for another two episodes, I, I can't. Like, but Sam needs that shield now, Marvel. Oh yeah. By the way, who who do you think is the power broker? Because it's it's like almost driving me nuts in a way. Who do you think the power broker <laughs> is, or is there even a power broker? I'm I'm sure there is. It doesn't seem likely that Sharon Carter would have been able to like create a network of bad dudes that work for her in that short amount of time. So I feel like she probably came over with a lot of credibility for you know the work that she did with the cia and, and, and the usa and that sort of thing and so i feel like she could have easily gone into the underground and worked for the power broker and, and got up high in the ranks i don't think she could be the power broker though it just doesn't make sense because she just does, hasn't had enough time to do that sort of thing and then so either the power broker is somebody that we haven't met before well obviously it's somebody that we have met before but like um, either the power broker is somebody completely new or the power broker is actually the Mandarin and the power, or, you know, and so it's like either somebody new that works for the Mandarin or it's the Mandarin. I just think the Mandarin is, is tied in somehow. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility. I mean, who, I mean, who would be chasing after these super, you know, soldier vial? Oh my God. I think I might know who it is now. I have an idea now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it might be the government, dude. I'm, I might be, it might be the U.S. government chasing after these vials. I mean, they sent, they made a new Captain America. They gave it to, uh, 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 give. They made this new Cap to go chase after them. So maybe it's, maybe it's within the government. Someone within this government that's mm. chasing after it as well. And Sharon mm. Carter is playing a double agent. <laughs> Oh god, dude! It's Double, so triple agent, man. Okay, that, yeah. that'd be kind of weird, though. Like for her to be working for the government, like deep cover, she's got a lot of leeway to just kill people. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, see no, the U.S. government like okaying <laughs> that sort of thing. No, but, this is uh, the underground. She, she this, was... is a, this is the underground part of the government. The people like they. This is the hush hush part, where they keep it. Not included the government, but it is a part of the government kind of kind of thing. Uh, that's yeah, 
You think she she could be setting up like uh, the Thunderbolts or something with Thunderbolt Ross? Man, I, oh, that's why, dude, I've that's why they want the serums. Was, well, I've always thought that it has to do something with a Thunderbolt, but I just keep telling myself that we're not. I hope they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. <laughs> they're going to just kind of like give us. They're going to give us Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes, and that's that's it. <laughs> but I, I love those theories. Like, man, I wish they would do that. And maybe we might get in this next episode. I mean, we only have two episodes left, and it mm-hmm. could be this next one. If anything, I, I don't think they'll show it on the last episode. They would have to bring something in this next episode since we only have two episodes left. But yeah, man, that would be amazing if they brought the Thunderbolts in. Yeah, or, you know, it could be, a, you know, Zemo disappeared from the scene. I'm sure he'll reappear later on, but he, he could be recruiting too. Like, he, he he was part of that squad, right? Yeah, so, uh, so we're... Zemo's such an interesting character because we're... The more we're learning about this dude, the mind games that Zemo uh, has created. I mean, he's created all these conflicts in, in this. He's, like, manipulated all these conflicts. It's crazy. Now, I don't know if you noticed a lot of the things that he's done in just this this last episode where he's just, like, where he's just saying little. He just, like, <clears throat> changes his, like, language a little bit to make it seem like you guys are the same as this and I have may I may have not killed Negan or Neagle and it's like, dude, this guy is insanely crazy, like master <laughs> manipulation and it's like, dude, he's he's a it's, it's it's crazy man. It's it's amazing how they wrote this character in and how much I like this character a lot now. This, but dude, it's 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 a it's a trip. It's a trip watching it sometimes. He, he's a he's the personification of Machiavellianism. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like th- that whole school of thought is just you know people who are focused on their own ambition and interest, and you know they they exploit and manipulate and deceive others to to really achieve their goals. And you know they they seem like they have a lot of empathy, but really they don't, and they lack principles and values in the sense of righteous principles and values or they're super miscued and so he's very um you know obviously a student of machiavelli and and they brought out the book in the beginning too and and the way he's trying to pit everybody against each other is obviously such a machiavellian thing and the whole you know the ends justify the means attitude that's very machiavelli so he's such a great character so well written super well written i mean him him talking about john walker he's like he has convinced me that he's right about the super serum and it's it's insane he's like even even as a viewer he's convinced me like dude he was right he was right about john walker because of course what happened in the episode i was like dude i understand i understand i understand you know part of it (laughs) i understand why what he meant by part of it yeah yeah but as he dipped out, where do you think this dude went? Where do you think that Zemo went? Where did he go? <laughs> I think he was trying to uh, trying to get a lead on on the Flag Smashers. Like, I think he's he's so solely focused on getting rid of Super Soldiers that I don't see him doing anything else until that's accomplished. 
Yeah, that's a good point, man. I feel like I feel like Sam had a conversation with uh, Carly. So is is Zemo in the same kind of book where he wants to uh, exploit that, or he or he's ready to? No, he's ready to get rid of him. You're right, dude. I was like, no, trying he, to, he's ready because he shot yeah, at him. Yeah, he's trying to murder. Him. And last week we were talking about like, do you think Zemo could have taken vials? And it just it goes against his character to take the bottle and drink it or take it himself. And so you saw it in this episode where he had the chance to, and he chose Dude, to he looked like he wanted to all. in a way. He looked at it like he wanted to in a way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. but, but if you think about this, this whole episode, dude, Zemo has accomplished his goal in some way. He's accomplished yeah. so many goals. It's insane, dude. He's like, he, he pretty much destroyed the vials. He killed uh, Nagel in this in this process, um, and he's like almost he's almost completed his goal where he's getting rid of super soldiers in a way where he might go after Bucky. Maybe Bucky's on his list. Yeah, that was one of the things, right? Like uh, in yeah. that conversation where he's talking about you know the search, the, the the desire to become a super soldier or the desire to create super soldiers is tied to supremacism. Um, that's definitely like even in real life historically that's always been a thing you know yeah and you know but the the whole Nazi thing and trying to find the perfect human and, and genetic superiority like that's always been a thing even in real life and so in the show when he's talking about it like I'm with you like yo I completely buy into the whole Zemo philosophy and you could see Sam was thinking it too and the one you know counter that Sam had was like well not Steve Rogers but that's the thing. Steve Rogers didn't desire the serum. He didn't desire to be the perfect guy, right? Like they chose yeah. him and said that he would be a good fit, and he reluctantly did it because he wanted to serve and do the right thing. Yeah, he wanted to help people. Yeah, and so like with Zemo, I feel like his philosophy is like we just need to get rid of all of them. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. It doesn't matter if I've built a relationship with Bucky or if we have a history of that, like, we got to get rid of all of them. Like, they cannot be allowed to exist. That's what he said specifically. And so I think he's just, you know, one-track mind, dude. He's just a hamster on a wheel, just chasing and chasing and chasing. And, and until he gets rid of the super soldiers, possibly including Bucky, um, he's just not going to stop. Uh, the question is, how does he achieve that without powers or abilities of his own? And I think that's where that whole manipulation comes into play where he's talking to Sam and be like, you know, this only ends one of two ways. Either uh, you killed Carly or Carly kills you. So, dude, I just got to like, so I have a crazy, okay, so theory time. All right. My brain's, my brain's going. <laughs> I have a crazy theory. <laughs> the same thing as Bucky Barnes has his little list. So does Zemo. So he's going to go after the U.S. agent. He's going to go after Carly. And he's going to end Bucky Barnes. Oh, shit, dude. I think I just figured it out. I hope I... <laughs> I think I figured it out in my, own, in my own, like, wishful thinking theories. But maybe Bucky Barnes becomes the white wolf. Because even even Sam did... He, and then he was asking Sam, like, am I going to put him on my list? No, he answered with no hesitation. He's not on the list. But I'm thinking now uh, Bucky Barnes is going to turn into the white wolf since Wakanda is in the show and maybe this is where we see uh, uh, the white wolf pass away and Zemo's the one and, I, and that's Dude. 
right? Um, man, that'd be so sad to see to see <laughs> Bucky go in his own show, like in his. But if own you think show. about it, if you think about it, it's kind of like it's kind of happening in some in some certain way. The copies of uh, Cap and uh, and Bucky, their their copy versions. Okay, we got you know the Bucky copy, which is Battlestar, <laughs> passed away, so he's got that on his list. Yeah, so maybe the next one he's going after is going to be the U.S. agent, possibly, and then after that he's going to get the the real Bucky. So, mm. and then I guess Sam. Did, because he said no, he wouldn't take the the vial. Maybe he got, maybe uh, Zemo is not on his on his, possibly on his list. But man, it's crazy. I don't know, Zemo's dude. Because Zemo's Zemo's got a thing against the Avengers too. So you know, he might Sam might be on he the might. list. <laughs> yeah, but his that is true too. That is very true. I mean. Yeah, he's not off the he's not off the off the thing, but I just I think he's just really targeting super soldiers. So sure. maybe that's yeah. Now that now that the uh, now that um, the U.S. agent um, <clears throat> has crossed the line, and this is maybe what he wanted. Maybe this is what he wanted in some ways. Maybe he left a, a vial there on purpose. Hmm. Because he knew uh, Walker would be tempted by it. Yeah, so he could prove it to everybody that he was that his theological of manners is right of thinking. Yeah, I don't know, dude. He kind of ate that shield pretty hard, though. So, (laughs) 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 he kind of took that headshot. So I don't know. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but uh, can we talk about John Walker and, and Wyatt Russell, like? The dude playing John Walker, man, the twitching, the the mannerisms, dude, he he was tripping me out the whole episode because as a nurse, like one of the things that we're trained to do is to physically visually assess a patient as we walk into the room. How do they look? Are they disheveled? Are they in obvious distress? Are they uh are there any sort of weird movements that they're doing? Are they jerking? Are they twitching? You know, visually, before we even touch you, we're already making a ton of assessments. And so throughout the show, throughout the series, and throughout this last episode, I'm seeing him, and he's, you know, he's touching his, his the crown of his head, the temple of his head. He's touching his eyes a little bit more. He He's twitching. His hand is twitching. He, he's kind of jerking his jaw a little bit, his neck. And uh, it progressively gets worse and worse until you realize that he's actually already taken the serum. And so I don't know if that's a conscious effort on the part of Wyatt Russell's acting, but my God, this does, he does a great job of, of coming across as somebody who, who's like hopped up on something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think you're right. You're so right on that. You've hit it on the dial. I think his amazing acting and the just the the people behind the camera, the director are focusing on all those little mannerisms and just, they've done such an amazing job and just the details they put into this show is, it's just, dude, my God, it's like, dude, hands off to all these people that worked hard on creating this show. Cause they've, they've seriously uh, made the show like 
even better with those things that, that you're talking about. Because I mean, what, I mean, what do you think is is after seeing that crazy? I mean, even everything like talking about him, like knowing that he just took the, uh, the serum, and seeing all his strength uh, as he's as he's going through the episode, you can tell when he took it, and you can tell when he's like super strong, of course, and it's it's pretty insane the detail they went into it. It's I love it, man. It's Hands down, like a golf clap right there, for sure. Like at the uh, so I ended up watching this episode four times. Right on. <laughs> my my right wife on. kept falling asleep when she was trying to watch it, so I ended up watching it a bunch of times. She still hasn't finished the episode, so hopefully no spoilers for her. But um, at the end of the episode, when he stands up, and you see his shield, right? Oh and God, it, yeah. Right, and and it's something you'd never expect to see on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, on the third time watching it, uh, you see his other hand, the hand that's not holding the shield, actually twitching, bro. Yeah. Like his wrist is twitching, and I'm like, my goodness, the acting in this scene is so immense, and and as a fan and a, a viewer of the show, it's amazing right oh yeah but to be a person like in the show in that world filming him on their camera phone to see that happening yo that's scary that that's very frightening scary. yeah what do you think happened to him uh, dude the, the you know what's insane when you see him with the shield going back and down it, it reminds me of reading comics the way they shot it was like right. such a comic book format that you can see, like you can see his face, you can see the shield, and it's just like I felt like I was reading a comic at the time, like I'm following the pictures, like as you're reading down. I felt like I was watching. So, dude, they went, they went like straightforward with the, how good the comic, like how close to the comic they're uh, uh, they're directing this film, but um, just to see where where uh, John Walker's going and he's. You're seeing this side that I don't think we've ever seen ever <laughs> in the Marvel Universe, which is pretty amazing. You get to see this other side that we've read about like in comics. So you get to see this this little dark side of what, what it is to be, you know, a god in some ways and seeing the, the, the ugly side of it, which relates to us in so many different ways in the real world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, uh, the so, director, Carrie Scoglin, the shots that she's used in this show have been amazing. So, like, the very first episode, she uses the the high-up, close-up shots at an angle when she's filming Bucky and the therapist, right? And then, like you're saying, with this episode, um, with him slamming his shield down on Nico, the, the angle that she's capturing him looks just like you, you would see on a storyboard in a comic book. It was perfect. Yeah, perfect. And you didn't, and you didn't have to be explicit to get the fright and the terror of the moment captured. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was amazing. And I, dude, like, I'm so curious to see what happens next. Time. It's amazing, dude. I mean, I mean, what do you think is gonna happen to John Walker? I, I don't know. Like, I think. Obviously, he loses his shield. He has to. Period. 
right? Like, yes, America is known for going, you know, overseas and kind of barging in where they're not welcomed necessarily and flexing their muscles, so to speak. Um, but in situations where we're killing terrorists and doing all that anyway, without consent from, you know, whatever country that we're there, whatever government is overseeing that, that, uh, that nation, uh, we like to do it covertly, right? And so in mm-hmm. real life, you saw this when Obama went into Pakistan and, and dropped in SEAL Team 6 and killed Osama bin Laden. Even though Osama bin Laden was a worldwide terrorist, that was very well known and not liked by anybody, you know, necessarily. And even though we killed him and got rid of him, there was a lot of political backlash because we went into sovereign territory um, and did it, even though it was done covertly and it was for a good cause against the terrorists, right? Right. Now you take that parallel and you take John Walker going into a country where he has no jurisdiction, killing a terrorist, that's wanted because he's part of the flag smashers, but doing it in broad daylight with the stars and stripes shield, bro. There's repercussions for that. I feel like, I feel like you're right about that. I think what they're going to portray in the media is that he's going to, you know, he's going to get in trouble, but he's just going to get slapped in the hands. And now he becomes a U.S. agent in some way. (laughs) Precisely. The slap on the hands is going to be, you know, administrative leave. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, like there's been a lot of social commentary and a lot of uh, uh, commentary as far as Black Lives Matters and social justice in this show, right? Never Mm -hmm. explicit, but there's undertones of it everywhere in every single episode. And with this episode, you see the black and white American flag on on John Walker's sleeve. You know, the only thing Mm. missing from it was a blue stripe to to represent the thin blue line. And so to have somebody in uniform right commit this violent act uh where they're obviously exercising you know power with impunity and they end up killing somebody in the name of law and order in the street as they're being videotaped uh parallels things that have been happening in in our society the last couple years the last couple decades last couple centuries right and so Mm -hmm. what happens in these situations well normally uh, they take that officer, they give him a slap on the wrist, put him on desk duty, call it a day. Yes, he goes to oh, trial, yeah. and more often than not, uh, he gets acquitted. They're getting paid or... too. Yeah, and they're getting paid. It's it's you know it's paid vacation or desk duty, right? And uh, when they finally go to trial, it's usually a, a slap on the wrist with something, or they get acquitted. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's the same thing with, with John Walker. They're, they're going to echo that and show the reality, the painful reality of what we deal with in real life in our society and mm-hmm. show it happening in the show where he does become the U.S. agent instead of, you know, staying Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I and mean, just seeing, like, after seeing that scene and just thinking about how Lamar helped uh, John Walker so much in like helping his career out. It's insane. It's almost like Lamar should also have been like he should have been picked as as the cap for America in some in some way if the government was going to pick someone. It almost seemed like Lamar was perfect for it because it was his like reasoning and his judgment that always led 
uh, John Walker almost on the right path every single time. Right. So for he, him to pass like away a, was he was, he was so John sad. Walker's consciousness. Oh yeah, easy. It was easy. I mean, and him dying that way that he did. I mean, he was just trying to help save his partner and give him some backup the whole time. He was he was uh, tied up. That was, I'm sure that's what he was thinking. He's like, I got to go help my my partner out. Which oh, yeah. was crazy that he yeah. that he died the way he died, and I think, and that's what Zemo was kind of talking about. Like they, these superhumans, don't even know how strong they are, in some ways, because it also shows you the 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 power that the they have. Because I think, like, if you think about it, uh, the the Cap and Bucky kind of hold back a lot, and they know how to control mm. it. And these new these new. Uh, Superhumans don't know how to control it. They don't know how to hold back. So, mm-hmm. in some ways, Zemo's yeah. So it's, it shows you how strong they are. I mean, he, she didn't even mean to like. It probably killed him on the way she as she punched him. She probably already killed him. That's how strong she is, and not knowing that, she, I mean, she kind of had to. I mean, it was it was, you know, Lamar had to pass away that way to find out how powerful she is and how strong she is. And it's pretty crazy, man, to show how strong they are. And if you think about it, Cap must have been holding back a lot. Right. Rebels don't even know how strong they are. I know. They, and that's why think- it's like uh, when you watch Captain America in the previous films, when he's, you know, fighting regular people, and then you see how Carly just, you know, one-punched Lamar, you see that he was holding back because – in Endgame, when he's fighting Thanos, you're like, oh, you're that strong now? No, he was always that strong. He just had to hold mm-hmm. back against other people. That's crazy, yeah. That makes you think, like, wow, the, the responsibility that they have, you know, in this universe, and in in that universe is, is pretty amazing. To yeah. It's almost humbling in a way. It's like you're, you're a superhuman, but you're, you're so humble that you're just, you know, you're pulling it back a little bit. Yeah, but that, oh, man, that's dude. also considering, you know, that's also assuming that you've got the right mentality for it because if you're walking around like John Walker, you're not going to be thinking like, oh, I should humble myself because I'm this strong. It's like, no, you need to humble yourself because I am this strong, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Carly. She's like, you know, we just take what we need, do what we want to do sort of thing because we are this strong. I wish we had a dozen more of us like this. And so really unless you've got you know sam's mentality or or cap's humility really you're not going to get that sort of uh of of behavior from somebody and that sort of mindset yeah and and this kind of goes back to thor and and you know being worthy of whatever Mm. of whatever you know you have as a power so it's like almost a worthy of it and they kind of mm. cheated in a way. They're not worthy. I mean, if you think about uh, John Walker and Carly, they're on the same path. Mm-hmm. They're on the same exact path. They're just on two different sides. But they're mm-hmm. on the same exact path as, as if, if you look on both sides. Yeah, same coin, just opposite sides. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. Uh, can I just Pretty say, crazy. Uh, with WandaVision, our predictions have, were obviously very off. You know, I think we have we have a couple that were okay, but we're 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 on a roll with with uh with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And can I just say, 
I feel bad because R.I.P. Lamar Hoskins. I didn't want to see you go like that. But uh, mm. before the show even started, we talked about a Falcon Punch. You remember that? You remember? I said Falcon Punch. I didn't realize it'd be Lamar Hoskins getting Falcon Punched in an episode, bro. Dude, <laughs> when I saw man. her punch him like that, I was like, yo, I told you Falcon Punch. Like, I told you Captain Falcon was coming through, but yo, Carly to do that, that was... Mm. Savage man, savage. Savage. Which is that's crazy. Which you know what also shows me is that Sam holds up his own, dude. Without any, with super strength, he can hold up his own. Doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. It's pretty amazing. Doesn't need it. Yeah. But yeah, oh, this this amazing show. Can I ask you something? Hmm. Sharon Carter is such a mystery in the show. <laughs> I swear to God, like, how the hell does she get access to cameras, bro? You know what it was? Uh, the writers of this show were like, we need a guy in a computer chair. We need a guy in a chair. We need a Ned uh, to, to, to the Spider-Man. And uh, Sharon Carter is going to be their Ned. And so we got to write her super weird. That would be, like, very uncharacteristic of her <laughs> for being Peggy's yeah. niece. You know what I mean? And so it's like, let's just let's just have her be high up uh, in the power broker rank uh, to where she can actually get a hold of some satellites. Like, we're just not even going to explain it. We're just have the audience assume like, yeah, either she's getting a hold of the satellites through the power broker's resources or she's she's got some like CIA skills where she can just hack a Tesla satellite or some shit like <laughs> her character is so weird. This show. It is, man. It's 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 so mysterious that it it drives me nuts because it throws me off when I'm thinking about my theories of the show. It's just like what the it just it totally like stops me in my track. I'm like, what? Did you notice her lip was bleeding too? Like yes. she got slapped around or something happened? Yeah, like uh, when she zooms in on the tracker for John Walker when she makes that comment, like, hey, uh, they're going after John Walker or something like that. Um, her hand also was busted up. Her knuckles were bloody. Yeah. So did she get yeah. into a fight to get into those satellite axes? Or is the power broker after her? Or, dude, so many questions. I'm just like, So many ah. questions, man. And the thing is, the first time she calls them, she's just, you know, nonchalantly walking through this tunnel with a bunch of henchmen who have, like, a machine gun, machine guns around her and, Obviously, they respect her and don't think of her as, as a threat. Either that or they work for her she's, sort of thing. And all of a sudden, she's busted yeah. and bloody. She's like slapping people around. <laughs> we need to see that. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, in, I'm super interested to see her actual story and see what's going on with her. And yeah, I think once they sense. actually give you more about her, that's when we find out who the power broker is. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, for some reason, like the, I feel like the writers want you to like they're trying to convince you that Sharon Carter is the power broker because uh, she's always she's the one watching. Uh, do you remember that? group? I keep going True. back to the where, at the bar where you see the um, the power bro- brokers watching and there's blood and then her lip was bleeding. And I'm just like check mark there. She's the power broker. <laughs> Obviously, they're trying to, you know, obviously, she's not the power broker, but it's, uh, yeah. I feel like for anybody who listens to this, 
and be like, what do you mean, obviously, she's not the power broker? Well, sir, or ma'am, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's yeah. obviously not the power broker because uh, she got blipped. She got dusted. And so she was gone for five years. And so she's been on the run for two years, right? Uh, there's mm. no way that she could have no, created or taken over a criminal ring and become the power broker. Plus, you know that Zemo is working with Bucky and Sam to find Dr. Nagel. And if you're the power broker, why would you just offer up your golden goose? It doesn't That's make very sense. very true. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Zemo and is, so for dude. Me, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Zemo in this in this series is just he's like the ace of like his dude he never fails on his on his on his master plan. It's amazing. It's amazing watching this guy how he has from point A to point B just comp- checked off everything that he needed to do to where he convinced him to go to his place and he becoming uh uh Il- in the show, they call him El Chapo. I don't know why they made that. I I, I get the reference, but why, I don't know why they have to write that in there. But for him to like do that and just disappear is, is dude. He's that guy is on a different level. That means when he was in jail the whole time, he was just uh, doing all this from inside the jail, controlling everything, which makes me think like maybe he had a hand in the power broker in that in that manner in some ways. <laughs> I. Dude, I yeah, Zemo has been amazing, and the El Chapo reference got me to laugh, uh, not because it was funny, but because I was kind of confused. Like, really, Bucky understood an El Chapo reference? Like, <laughs> Mister, I like yeah, music that... from the forties. Understood an El Chapo reference? Why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which makes me think he's he is the boss of all these people. Uh, like, like El, the henchman and all that. The boss. Mm. El Chapo was the boss. He had someone inside the jail. He was still running his business inside the jail. He's still running his business and still got other people to work for him to do his dirty deeds. So for him to escape, (laughs) for him to like, you know, do you kind of see what I'm, do you see the simile there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I see where you're going with that. Um, Who do you think the power broker is then? Fuck, I don't, dude, I'm so lost on that. I kept thinking it was like, I don't know why I want to say it was it it was uh, Zemo or it was Sharon Carter, one of those two. But it's because uh, Zemo is after the the super serum, so obviously he wanted to you know destroy the super serum. So I'm thinking maybe that was a way for him to like create this character to get it in a way. But then why would you be now? So now it can't be. It can't be. No, because the, the power broker had Nagel create the serum. If it was Zemo, yeah, he like, would have killed the doctor. Well, maybe that was the way to get him to show up where he wanted to. Mm, interesting. And then he went. And he was already locked up by that time. Yeah, so I think he couldn't really get a hold of him, and the only way he can convince uh, Neagle to go uh, make some more serum was to build him a lab so he can go to the lab and kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, how do you, do you how... think there's more serum, by the way? No, I don't think there's more serum. I, uh, at least the one that Nagel was making, I don't think there's a serum. I think the U.S. government probably has their own version of the serum, serum that they've been working on ever since the Incredible Hulk movie. Like, right. uh, you remember Thunderbolt Ross, you know, 
was trying to work on on the weapons program, the weapons plus program, and you know that's where you get the Hulk, and that's how you got the Abomination because of the serum. So I feel like maybe the U.S. government has their own formula of the serum worked out. Um, but this particular batch of vials with with Dr. Nagel's serum, I don't think there's there's another one left. Yeah, I think you might be right on that one. I, you know what was so crazy? I was pausing and and playing the episode of the vials, and I was counting the vials. <laughs> I was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I was like, damn, there's that many vials. And I think it was just an edit cut, and they they reshoot it. But at one point, there were seven vials in her little fanny pack. And I don't know how the hell I counted like eight or nine, and then there was it was it was, and I saw how many he stomped on, and I it didn't make sense to me after a while. Like it, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, because there's like, supposed oh, to be not... twelve left, right? There's supposed to be twelve. Yeah. So, and from from what I saw, Zemo destroyed eight or nine or something like that, eight or nine. I forgot what it was. I was like, I, I got to stop doing this, so I stopped counting. I was like. You're doing too much. <laughs> and then uh, I stopped counting. But he smashed like eight or nine vials before uh, uh, the shield was thrown at his head. Yeah. Which was see, crazy I... that he got. <laughs> he ate a shield, dude. Shield to the face. Yeah. Uh, I feel like <laughs> if there were more than one vial left, Walker would have given Lamar a vial. And they both would have been super soldiers. Yeah. True that. Yeah. I mean... That's that's a possibility. Wow, what a what a Dude, great episode, man! Yeah, it's it's a good episode, a great show. Uh, I don't know who the power broker is. I don't even know who this season, this episode five cameo is supposed to be, but apparently it's supposed yeah. to be huge, like somebody that we haven't had in the MCU before, who is an existing comic book character, and it's supposed to yeah. be like a super emotional episode. So like. I don't know if the character themselves is the cause for something emotional or do we get a flashback that makes it emotional or do we get a new scene involving other characters that makes it emotional? But uh, whatever it is, dude, the director or the writer, uh, Malcolm Spellman, has been saying, yo, this is supposed to be a super dope episode. Excited. I feel like I have like a – okay, so after watching WandaVision, it was making me think after we had a few conversations – I feel like, uh, you know how he said, "Oh, the vision, vision gave uh, this whole thing that he's he's never acted with this guy, and blah 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 blah." He gave us the whole troll, ep- you know, spiel. What if the writers are giving us another troll spiel, where this <laughs> character's never been in the MCU? We've never seen him in the MCU, but he has been. It's a character that we might already know. That's why I brought up Bucky Barnes being the White Wolf for the first time in the MCU, and he shows up. Oh, so so what you're saying is, right? It's not necessarily a, a person that we haven't seen before in the MCU, but a character because we actually haven't seen the White Wolf character in the MCU yet. They they've talked about it, and we. Obviously, you know Bucky Barnes, but we actually haven't seen him as the White Wolf. Interesting. Interesting. And Sam didn't even know. Because if you remember True. the reference when he goes, they kind of teased it at us. They kind of said, oh, are you supposed to be the White Panther? And he goes, no, I'm the White Wolf. And he was like, huh? huh? I was like, oh, shit, maybe there was something. <laughs> yeah. 
Wakanda showing up. Dude, that's a very good theory. Yeah, man. I probably gonna be wrong. Probably gonna be wrong. Why would you kill one of the characters? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, dude. I don't know, man. I was gonna I say, mean, you know, with with uh, John Walker going nuts at the end and seeing red, red, red Mephisto. It's gotta be Mephisto, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, man, that that'd be pretty epic if they did that. I mean, he. He's kind of worked through his list, so he's kind of taken care of a bunch of people on his list already, except for Nakajima. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a way he's going to give it – he's giving back to Nakajima in some weird way. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. I could see that happening, you know, like to, to fully shed the skin of the Winter Soldier, you would have to don the suit of the White Wolf sort of thing. I could see that happening. Yeah. That's interesting. Dude, dude, to have Bucky go through this whole story of, of – of anguish and pain because of his past and then to find himself on the path to redemption and fighting these super soldiers to end up the white wolf dude that would just be like such a perfect story and to see him in the white wolf that outfit that would be like the cherry on top you know what i mean yeah it would be the cherry on top and that means that sam has to step it up that would give sam the drive to become the Captain America that America's been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And then the that gives Torres that... the opportunity to become the new Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Torres is lucky, bro. <laughs> he just walks in there. He gets all the, all the bells and whistles right away. Yeah, he's going to be like, I, mean, hey, Sam, cap- I heard about what happened to Red Wings, so I built a new one for you, and Sam's like, keep it, kid. Here's my wings, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. It makes so much sense, dude. It makes so much sense to end it that way. I, I don't. I don't think Torres will become the new Falcon, but it'd be such a funny way to go. Because if you think about it, Sam, always said that Bucky's never been his partner, but for some reason, Joaquin has been his partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they alluded to it. You know what I mean? I yeah, be same here. And I'd be, be might be totally wrong. <laughs> That's just a theory. I don't know. That's just the thing that drove. Like when we talked, we had the conversation before the podcast about this cameo. It got me like crazy thinking. So I'm just like, I have no. I wouldn't have a clue. This crazy cameo that would like be super sad and like the only thing that would make me think that would be super sad. Is killing off an Avenger that's been with us for, for what a decade? Dude, don't do that. No way. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not ready. I am not ready. I'm not ready either, bro. I'm not ready. I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Uh, a Spellman talking about that cameo for episode five. Like, I'm, I'm so intrigued by it. And initially when he said it's somebody that exists in the comics that you haven't seen in the MCU who doesn't have an upcoming film, uh, my knee-jerk reaction was She-Hulk. Like, it'd be kind of cool to have She-Hulk show up because, you know, uh, obviously Sam has legal troubles now because he's been hanging around Zemo and Bucky. Obviously Bucky's in trouble because rule number two, don't hurt nobody. Right. (laughs) And uh, Zemo needs... a get out of jail card or to be brought back to jail. 
vaccine, you know, whatever side you're on it. And Sharon still needs a pardon. And who better to take care of all their uh, legal needs besides She-Hulk? I would say I would say uh, Daredevil, but we've seen Daredevil in the MCU before, so the only person left in that world would, would be she Dude, that's a great pick, too. I was thinking that, too. I was like, that makes so much sense because, you know, it's in the timeline of uh, Phase 4 for uh, a, a new show. But the thing is, like, how, they haven't done a crossover like that yet because I, I was always thinking, like, WandaVision would have a crossover, and it never did. <laughs> Yeah. So they, but yeah. So let I don't like that would be amazing. I, I want some more. Like, give me some more. There's only two episodes, so I don't know how they're gonna pull this <laughs> off. But man, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm they'll pretty, pull it I'm off, sure dude. This, yeah, these next two episodes are gonna be even even more epic than this one. This one was a shocker at the end, dude. I was like, I was tripping out. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I was so yeah. surprised to see that. That like got that got me, dude. And and the sad part is, you know, and, and here's the thing. Ever since The Walking Dead, every time I watch a show where there's a possibility of a character dying, right, um, I just use the general principle that The Walking Dead taught me. If the writers give you backstory to this random character and try to make you relate to them, that person died, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so with Lamar being, you know, the Jiminy Cricket to John Walker and then being the good conscience and all that, uh, it was obvious he was going to get hurt somehow. I didn't realize mm-hmm. he would get fucking punched out of the series. Um, but when they gave Nico that backstory and be like, oh, you know, uh, my granddad fought with against the Nazis. And so Captain America was kind of like a childhood hero to me. I was like, oh, he's going to get fucked up by Captain America, period. I didn't expect he was going to get that messed up, though. Like, <laughs> Damn, so, yeah. Uh, when that was all happening, I was shocked. I was shook, bro. And, and oh, again, yeah. Wyatt Russell standing up, holding that shield, drenched in the blood of a terrorist, man. The twitching mm-hmm. hand, the, the, the tilted neck, the tense jaw. Mm. Intense. I, I could not believe I had just seen this, much less saw it on disney plus amazing amazing yeah hands off to wire russell man for playing this part dude for for making everybody in america hate this dude but doing a great <laughs> job of creating this character the way they did hands off to him dude great great everything yeah That's and, a hard and shout, to take, dude. and shout out to wyatt russell's genetics to where he can just grow facial hair over the course of one episode that scruff at the end when he turns evil, mm, genius. <laughs> yeah, super genius. Well, um, you know, we always do at the end of the episode, we talk about our favorite things. I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, dude. So I'm hella Pinoy, bro. I love halo halo. You know, good old mix. Halo so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know what halo halo is, uh, it's it's a bowl of crushed or shaved ice, uh, not shaved in the sense where it's like Hawaiian shaved ice, where you know it's super flaky, but it's kind of, it's got kind of more of a substance uh, sub- substance to it, and so it's like crushed or shaved ice with evaporated milk, and then there's like sweet red beans, uh, palm fruit, jellies, 
and then on top you put uh, some ube ice cream or purple taro and leche flan and that to me is like it's it's all my good memories from childhood and summertime rolled into one dessert i just i love it i love it so much how about you man Dude, you talking about me wants me. I want one of those right now. <laughs> Yo, we we actually have a place in town that I would recommend, and uh, right I don't know if they're open for dining, right, because of the whole pandemic thing. But Manila, Hong Kong, off of Audi and uh, Silverada, they have an eatery in the very back. It's kind mm-hmm. of a point point joint. So when I say point point, like you you know, it's a combo plate joint. You just point out what you want. And you tell them rice with it. Um, but they they do halo halo in the summer, and that shit is bomb, bro. So oh, yeah. good, so good. Oh yeah, man, I am hungry for some halo halo. I feel I I feel like I'm about to get hungry with whatever you tell me your favorite is, man. So I have so dude. This is like this is one of those hard questions because I love tons of desserts. Like every dessert, just give them to me. Like today, I tried a <laughs> pistachio uh, cake that was amazing. I had a, and also had like an Oreo cookie ice cream cake that was amazing. But mm. I, I think I like I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna kind of go with my childhood, and uh, uh, oh, dude, I have two. So I have I have Mexican paletas, and I yes. have a yo-yo. It's called a yo-yo. It's a Mexican bakery bread in the shape of a roll and it's got coconut and it's got like uh it's, it's got like a like a strawberry food coloring kind of color to it it's got jelly in the roll um th- those are probably my favorite dude uh, i've had those before i didn't yeah, know they were bomb. called yo-yos I, I think that's just what we call them you know, growing I, growing up as a kid, like you want the yo, <laughs> you want the yo yo. That's just what you call. I think that's just what we call them. But yeah, the that dude, the hollow hollow's on my list too, by the way, because I love <laughs> me some hollow hollow. I think I remember my very first time experience. It was at a, I think it was at a uh, 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 quinceanera or something or some type of quinceanera, and uh-huh. I remember trying it for the first time, and I was like amazed by it. And then when I first got to uh, try Jollibee's. I would go there just for, <laughs> and anywhere I found any type of like uh, uh, Filipino place, I would o- always try to ask them. Do you guys have hollow? <laughs> Bro, oh, man, yeah, the man. Stories, the, sto- the stories. You, you can just, you can judge a Filipino joint by how good the halo halo is. That's thank you. That's how staple <laughs> of a dish that is. You know what I mean? Yo, uh, real quick. Do you have a go-to place for for yo-yo bread out here, or you know, a go-to paleteria? Um, dude, so Reno is like probably I don't know. You, I feel like if you go to California, easy. Reno has spots, and they're good. I like I th- I feel like every time I talk about Reno, like any type of food, it's just it's it's good. Yeah, it's on that level. It's just it's Reno good. So there's yeah. a place off of, uh, I think it's called Azteca Bakery, right next to the all-you-can-eat Korean uh, buffet, which is McCarran and Prater, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. You're talking about the, the SIU Korean barbecue yeah. joint? 
Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right next to that is a is a is a little bakery, and that's where that's where uh, we get our big goods there because they got some they got some good stuff in there. But if you yeah. want like the if you want the top notch stuff, you, you for some reason you got to go to California. <laughs> oh, for sure. California for is sure. on a different level. Like, uh, it's just you know that's the native land of 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 of, uh, of, of natives that are, are from there. So that's that's where you get it at, man. Nevada's yeah. Nevada's got it, but it's not as good. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we'll, <laughs> we'll, Vegas we'll got get, it. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, come, just uh, you another... know, we we got to get the the food diaspora moving into town too. So yeah, it's got to be passed down. It's got to be it's got to be passed down to the generations, and one of those people has to be like just inspired to be the best baker, Mexican baker in our town. <laughs> uh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and uh, for for paletas, where you go? Oh. So I think there's a few places in town now. The one place that I went to, and I think, see, I, sh- I should know the name of this place, but it's across from Reed High. Um, it's, it's in a little little shopping center across the street. I, I forget the name of it. Um, but they have some good paletas. And, yeah, man, I wish I wish we had more. more enough, I, I wish I knew the name of the place, and I wish there was a couple more places I could offer, which I think – they're starting to pop up here and there. We're starting to get more uh, diversity when it comes to businesses and food, uh, which we have in the past, but we're getting a little bit more from what I'm noticing. Um, but yeah, man, those are those are bomb. And I'm, I mean, you know, and I also want to say something about uh, Filipino food. I feel like um, it's it's so underrated that once people find out how amazing Filipino food is. It's gonna blow people's minds out, and and just just by even like seeing the way it's set up as a feast on the on mm. the on the are there banana leaves that they put it on? The yes, banana sir. leaves. Okay, dude, that setup it it just is inviting to just go in there with your hands and experiencing what this culinary food is, and and once you get a little crispy pork, you're hooked. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Every culture has their own way of roasting pigs, but Filipino yeah. lechon, it's a, it's another level, bro. It's a whole nother level. A whole nother level. You imagine just having a, a little bit of lechon with some egg rolls, and it's like a buffet right there. <laughs> and you have the mix of all these sauces and like shrimp and fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it's 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 on point, bro. See, and then at See, the end, you get your you get halo halo, and then you get some paletas. Good to go, bro. Like, dude, that's, that's a potluck that's, that's right the there. Jam right there. A halo halo with a paleta sticking out of it. Oh my god! Boom! Yo. Boom! <laughs> Someone steal oh, that idea. The, make it through. Oh my god! The the place that you're talking about is that a paleteria de Angel? Oh yeah, yeah. It that's is right, right there. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there's like a mural of angel wings. Yeah, okay. I, I've seen that place. I just never went in. Uh, there was a donut place around there called the the Dapper Donut or something like that, where they sold. Yeah, it used to donuts. be in the same. It used to be in the same store, but uh, they, oh. they there's a yeah. So definitely try that. Yeah, all but right. Yeah. I'm hitting that place up. Nice. 
Cool, man. So uh, just on that note, um, we had an, I want to reach the end of the podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want you to uh, uh, share or follow us on KD underscore Empire, on IG, on TikTok, on Anchor, on you know, on Snapchat, on Facebook. Also, check out the KDEmpire.com. Uh, visit me at the store and say what's up. Let me know that you listen to the podcast. Uh, have a couple conversations with me there. Because that's, I mean, this is where the idea came from. Those people having these type of pop culture conversations in the store. And now we're relating it to this podcast. So anytime you want to, like, talk about any theories, because I love that stuff, man. I don't know. I'm addicted to trying to find out or figure out the clues. But, yeah, I also want to uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, be sure to, you know, follow us on uh, on whatever Kuya Jay is on. So if you want to uh, shout yourself right there, that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. On the gram here on Stereo, Anchor, all that stuff, man. You can find me at Dad Nurse Gamer. It's Dad Nurse Gamer. Uh, not necessarily in that order in real life, of course, but on the socials it is. Definitely follow, share, comment, like, subscribe, put us in your top eight, whatever it is that all y'all young whippersnappers be doing nowadays. Just blow this up because, uh, you know, I got to buy some paletas, bro. We need some paleta money or something. <laughs> like, I'm getting yeah, hungry. Sure. And we doing this late at night. Blow this up, man. Blow this up. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. So be sure to turn in next week for another amazing conversation of, of course, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And on that note, I want to thank you guys again. And yeah, man, this is your boy, Javi, the collector. This is Queen J, Dad Nurse Gamer. Peace. Peace.